What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Join the Journey podcast. For this week's podcast episode, we're going to have a couple of very special guests from Student Organ Donation Advocates joining us as they discuss a little bit about their own personal connection to organ tissue donation and transplant and how they are using their personal experiences and talents to impact others and really make a difference in the area of raising awareness around organ tissue donation and transplant. All that happening right here, right now on the Join the Journey podcast. All right, y'all. So as I mentioned a little bit in the introduction, we're going to have a couple very special guests from Soda National joining us today as we continue our Pass the Mic series. Y'all, I'm super excited to have my friend Morgan and Robin on from Soda National. They are doing incredible work in their own right with Soda in the area specifically around high school and college engagement on really getting the word out and helping educate folks about the importance and really life-changing things that can come about through organ tissue donation and transplant. I do not want to take any time away from these two folks because, like I said, they are just absolutely incredible. So without any further ado, Morgan, take it away. Hi, everybody. Um, my name is Morgan. I am the president and co-founder of the SOTA chapter at Northeastern University. Um, we just started our chapter um, in January of this year, so we're still very new. Um, but I've learned a lot in the process, and I'm so thankful for everything that soda and organ donation in general has brought to my life, and I'm excited to be on this podcast. Well, we are definitely excited to have you joining us, and now I want to pass the mic to our second very special guest, Robin. Robin, why don't you do a little quick introduction for everybody? Absolutely. Um, thanks for having me on the podcast, Wells. I'm very excited to be here. Um, I am the programming coordinator for uh, SOTA, Student Organ Donation Advocates. I assist with uh, webinars, planning, and uh, helping the chapters with whatever resources they need um, and getting them chatting uh, to help each other with events and uh, just really, you know, raising awareness for organ donation. That's, that's incredible. I'm sure y'all are probably in very frequent contact with each other, given your respective roles with SOTA. Um, I'm really interested to hear from you first, Robin, how um, you and I have talked outside the podcast, so I kind of have an idea of how you got involved. But for folks who are new to SOTA or haven't really heard of what all y'all are doing, how exactly did you get involved with SOTA in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. I am uh, a volunteer for um, the local OPO in Albany, New York, and then also for New England Donor Services out in Boston. And um, I was on Instagram one day and saw that New England Donor Services posted about soda. Um, I started following them. I joined a webinar that both of the, the organizations were on. And I they had a position open for a programming intern in the fall. And so I reached out and um, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure what this will entail, but um, I'd love to be a part of anything organ donation related. And yeah, so I ended up becoming their programming intern and worked my way up to the programming coordinator. And it's it's really just an amazing organization that really helps students um, raise awareness and try to shorten that wait list for everyone on the transplant list. And I know that wait list is unfortunately rather long um, <laughs> for, for folks. I think it's what, upwards of 110,000 plus, I think, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, are in need. Now, I want to pass pass it over now to Morgan. Um, Morgan, again, I kind of have an, a general idea of how you became involved with all of this, but for folks out there who are new to all of it, 
Um, how how did you get involved? Um, like with organ donations. Yes, or, or, or organ donation um, and so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, just over one year ago, um, my mother received the right lobe of my liver. Um, she was in complete liver failure and had less than a year to live. And with that, um, less than a 20% chance of being a match, um, I was able to donate to her. So the drastic difference between her health state before the transplant and after just really put me in so much awe and made me so grateful for so many different facets of my life, including organ donation. So that was the reason as to why I got involved in the first place. And I also started um, volunteering with New England Donor Services being up in Boston. Um, and I also found out about soda through NEDS. And um, that kind of led me to where I am now. I got connected with three other passionate students through the organ donation community up there in Boston. And one thing led to another, and we ended up starting the chapter. That's really incredible how you kind of, that experience, if you will, of, um, of helping donate a portion of your liver kind of led through New England Donor Services to what you're doing now. And for folks out there, I know... Um, Robin, you can probably speak to a little bit of this as well, of what, what exactly SOTA does specifically on, I know y'all are really focused on high school campuses as well as college camps, but, yep. um, what exactly, what does SOTA do with regard to that outreach? Yeah, absolutely. So SOTA, uh, like you said, does, um, you know, SOTA's main goal is student education and awareness. So we utilize, you know, high schools and colleges to form teams of students that would like to raise awareness for organ donation um, throughout the semesters. I mean, Morgan can definitely elaborate on this more, but, um, you know, they set up events, they set up um, registration drives to get their communities registered. Um, they can do bake sales, things like that, um, to really just raise awareness and get their communities involved. Um, so that is our main goal, um, to have you know the students educate. And they're such a big population that it really, I mean, we can reach a lot of people through students. Sure. And I know that um, what y'all do is, you know, donor drives, et cetera, like you said, you know, really getting people plugged in where they're at. Um, what does that look like maybe on the, in the college space, um, Morgan, kind of what, what all are y'all doing specifically up, uh, at the university where you are, um, that might be, that maybe you might view as unique about your chapter or just something that might be unique about soda in general about all of that. Yeah. So we, we pretty much try to embody exactly, um, what the soda national platform is um, in our own specific chapter at Northeastern with also adding a little bit of our own personal twist. So for example, we are, as a club have our own logo, but we still use that of uh, the national logo. Um, and we have events about once a month um, and it's difficult with COVID time. So we do everything virtually and separate. Um, however, it is, really important for us to still use all of the resources that national comes with um, 
and we are really in close contact with individuals like Robin and uh, people like Sarah Miller, who's the founder of Soda um, overall, to really try to make the most effective and efficient um, events to promote organ donation, specifically at Northeastern. Wow. And how much um, maybe communication do you have really between kind of that, that local chapter if you will, on the college campus and the national organization as a whole? Yeah, so I, as the president, my main responsibility is overseeing all of the activities of the club as well as being in direct contact with external sources. So that includes New England donor services, hospitals that we're planning events with, um, other outside people and organizations we're playing events with, and especially Soda National. Um, so Robin and I talk a lot. We actually had a call yesterday about a really exciting event we have coming up. Um, so definitely very close contact. So when you were talking about the communication and really communicating with each other, I'm really interested to know what kind of some of the challenges of COVID-19 have been really with the communication piece and being able to do in-person events and, you know, sounds like most of y'all's events are already kind of virtual, but kind of what are some of the challenges that COVID has presented for y'all, especially on the planning and event side of things? Um, you know, because soda is um, nationwide, it, everything really is already virtual. Um, I would say the biggest challenges have been directly with the chapters themselves um, with, you know, in regards to hosting events and things like that. Um, but on the webinar and, you know, programming side, um, most of our events were already virtual to begin with um, so that anybody can join throughout the country and we can educate a lot more people that way. Um, so, you know, it was very easy to adapt. Um, and even on the chapter side, I mean, the chapters have done such a great job of adapting and doing virtual um, events and really connecting with their communities through social media. Um, so I think it's gone really well. Um, our chapters have handled it, you know, really well. Now, what does it look like as far as from, um, I know that y'all have done a, a, some webinars. You recently did one, I think last month with the Chris Klug mm -hmm. Foundation on the ABCs of organ donation. Um, but what have kind of been some things that y'all have done at the chapter side, Morgan, um, that have allowed y'all to kind of you know, circumvent, if you will, COVID? I know that uh, Robin said that y'all already do a lot of virtual events. Yeah, so we started in the middle of the pandemic. So it was a little bit of a different situation for us because rather than being in person and then adapting to virtual we just started completely virtual so when things become in person that's going to be a whole other ball game for us but we're excited but the events that we've so far been doing um for example the two events that we did this past semester was painting rocks um and placing those on campus and making blankets for donor families and so because that requires supplies, what we would do is we'd create these little baggies and we'd drop them off all over campus into dorms and apartments of people who are in the club. And then we'd um, make them together over Zoom. And so it we're trying to maximize the community that the club has created. It's really difficult virtually and, you know, it's really not at where we are really hoping it can get to. But, you know, with the situation of the pandemic, you know, we'll just kind of take what we can get, but we're really excited for everything to become in person again. 
that way we could have in-person meetings and maybe like snacks and stuff at the meetings and laughing and being together in person and creating this camaraderie atmosphere that seems to be missing over zoom but overall we're trying our best you know our events have a bunch of people showing up so hopefully people are liking it and going through with what we have planned but i'm excited for this pandemic to be over for a multiple reasons but in particular especially for that of soda Absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of in that area as well where I'm, I'm ready for COVID to be over. But at the same time, I know that there's been kind of a lot of good that's come out of it and allowing people, like you said, to be able to join your virtual events. And you might actually get more people virtually. Yeah. Um, Especially people who and are remote. Something I. Mm, that's a really good point with people having to be quarantined and everything. I had not thought about that. Um, something else that I really want to kind of highlight in this is kind of um, maybe what that maybe one of the biggest challenges is for all of you COVID outside of COVID um, to really reaching the population that y'all are trying to reach um, because I've, I've done a lot of work more of kind of in my community at, at large with more people who are not in college. Um, but what is kind of maybe a, a challenge there with reaching that population? Uh, for uh, Morgan. Sorry, I just got disconnected for a second. Would you mind repeating the question? Sure. So what is a challenge overall with reaching high school and college populations um maybe something that has been kind of your biggest hurdle if you will in starting the chapter and getting people to actually show up to events yeah so i have to say covid 100 percent for that answer um just starting the club in unprecedented times and you know really everybody trying to navigate what their new normal is, especially in relation to club meetings where you normally once we go to, you know, a building and, you know, meet people and stuff and have that just be over a Zoom call now is so different. So um, recruiting people was definitely completely um, not what it normally is. We didn't even put any posters on campus. We just did everything over social media and really emphasized that if you join the club, not only would you be a founding member, and have opportunities to have a leadership position because we're a brand new club. But also you'd be joining such an amazing and supportive community, which is what the three of us are completely aware of. Um, and so um, we use those tactics to try to get people. Um, and many of the people who joined actually don't have any personal story in relation to organ donation, perhaps other than that of being a registered organ donor themselves. So it was really cool to be able to see people who didn't know much about the statistics and stuff, but were obviously like, you know, supportive of the idea. And even a couple of members who were not organ donors before, but were interested in learning and wanted to speak to their families about, you know, the facts and stuff like that. So we really got a wide variety of people um, in the challenges of the COVID pandemic. So although we're navigating it to the best of our ability, it's still really difficult to create 
the atmosphere of everybody wanting to support each other and be friends because, you know, to what extent can you foster for, foster, excuse me, a relationship over Zoom, you know? So definitely our biggest challenge, but one step at a time. <laughs> so something that you just mentioned that I would really like to continue talking about is that you said that a lot of these folks that are getting involved with Soda National on campuses, such as the one that you're running um, up there at Northeastern Morgan, is that some of these folks, or a good bit of them, might not have that personal connection, organ donation and transplant that, let's say, you or Robin would have. And so I'm really interested to hear from both of y'all what it was about student organ donation advocates that stuck out to you where you looked at this organization and you said, yeah, I want to become involved with these folks and I want to continue the work of advocating and spreading awareness about organ tissue donation and transplant. So, um, Robin, I'll start with you and then Morgan, you can follow up with an answer as well. So, I don't think I mentioned in the beginning, but I mean, I advocate for organ donation because my mom passed away in an accident and was able to uh, donate her organs and tissues to 70 people. Um, which was really inspiring. So that really got me involved in organ donation. And when I started volunteering for you know our local OPOs here, um, there's just so much you can do. And once I found out about soda and the impact they can make through students all over the country, um, I just thought that's another way that I can get involved and really try to make a difference and help people. Um, and that was really the driving factor, um, whatever I can do to help. And Soda has just been such a great resource and, you know, they just they do so much for organ donation and the connections they build with, you know, different OPOs and just people all over the country. Um, it was just really appealing and it's been great working with them. Now, what about for you, um, Morgan, what kind of what stuck out to Soda for you about becoming involved? Yeah, so. When I first became involved, I reached out to the OPOs and tried to do the, the virtual volunteering and attending the meetings and stuff. And I realized um, just how loving and accepting the community is. And it's just so happy and positive. And it's, it's almost addicting how amazing these people are. Um, and although I'm in love and love and love with the community, um, they're almost all adults. And although, there's a lot for me to relate to being a living donor and um, a family member of a recipient. Um, there's just something really special about being with other younger people and other students who share the same type of passion as you. Um, and so it's a really special connection. And so when I was initially informed of what SOTA is and that we have the potential of making a chapter at Northeastern, I immediately was drawn to the idea for that idea of you know, finding other young people like me who are also super passionate about this because it is really unique. And then also having the opportunity to not only find other people, but excite other young people about this same concept. It's, you know, it's just so amazing. And it's something that I anticipated myself being in love with and that I did fall in love with. Um, so that was definitely the biggest draw of soda in particular to me. Now, as far as actually starting a chapter, um, what exactly the what is that? What exactly does that look like? What is involved in that? So, 
to start our Northeastern chapter, we initially applied um, through Soda National, and then we received the, our, our official charter and recognition from the Soda National organization. But the big pillar for us to overcome was getting recognition from Northeastern University. Um, and we had to write pages and pages of information of why this would be a compelling club, how it's gonna last, what we're planning on doing, um, and really trying to get the Northeastern recognition from it so that not only can we book spaces and stuff at Northeastern's, on Northeastern's campus, open up and have potential funding opportunities through the Center of Student um, Involvement, but in particular, using the Northeastern name um, was absolutely vital for us. So it was really nerve wracking for starting because we didn't know how long it would take to get CSI recognition or Northeastern University recognition, but we finally got it in the nick of time before our first meeting. So we were able to officially say Soda Northeastern. Um, so that was really the, the bow on the whole situation. So it was a lot getting started, specifically just with Northeastern in particular. The process was super smooth with Soda National, um, but we did it and now we have the recognition and now we have opportunities to gain funding, not only from Soda National and our OPO, but also Northeastern itself. So we have a lot of support now. That's incredible and kind of how, how much work it actually took to start that, let alone to get the university on board. Um, I'm very well aware I'm not that far removed from undergrad, so I know how much work goes into making those organizations. Now, how, how big is SOTA? Like, how many chapters are there, and where all are you looking um, to maybe make an impact? And I, I want to really get an idea from that from, uh, from Robin of exactly how many soda chapters are there or what areas of the country are there where people can get involved? Yeah, definitely. So we, um, I believe we are at 30. Um, I think there's a couple more on the way. So we are definitely still growing, um, but we have hit 30 chapters. Yay! Yeah. And um, we are, you know, we're trying to expand because, you know, soda started um, in, you know, the mid area of the country. And so there's quite a few chapters there. Um, we have tons in the Northeast and, you know, Florida just got a couple as well, but we're really looking to expand. Um, California started um, a chapter, I think for um, the spring semester as well. So we are definitely growing, but we definitely like to utilize states that we haven't um, come into contact with. And, you know, webinars are a great part of that. You know, if we can make a connection with different OPOs across the country, and you know, get them educated as well. What they can do with their students, um, you know, I think we have real potential to just keep growing, and that's exactly what we're doing. Um, we have a webinar next week with um, Life Alliance Organ Recovery Agency in Florida and Gift of Life Michigan, and um, I just think it'll be really cool to watch us keep growing and you know making these connections across the country. Totally. I know you actually mentioned one that was really interesting, Gift of Life Michigan. I have been following the work that they've done, and they've done a few webinars recently on organ donation and specifically kind of addressing it in minority yeah. communities. And uh, I think it was a week or so ago now, uh, towards the end of last month, 
and it was actually a partnership through the University of Michigan School of Medicine, I believe, is who it was with. Um, so I'm really excited to see kind of where all you all, you all as an organization continue to expand because, I mean, to get one chapter, obviously hearing from Morgan is, is a challenge, let alone to get what? You said 30 yeah. yep. or something like that? Oh my gosh, that the amount of work and dedication that has to go into that is just astronomical. Um, and so I commend both of y'all for, for being dedicated to that because I'm sure that as great as it is to be doing this work, it is not always um, easy. Um, probably a lot of late night phone calls and emails. Um, but kind of to wrap up the interview, I really want to kind of get a, a, a message, if you will, from both of you, um, if someone came up to you and said, you know, hey, you know, I know that you're involved in this. I know you're doing Soda National. But if you could have a message to the world, if you could say one thing, a message, what would that message be? Um, so, Morgan, I want to start with you. What would your message to the world be? My message to the world would be that you can get involved in organ donation whether you have a personal connection or whether you don't. So I really became sure of that when we started the chapter and there were so many students in the chapter that are making such a sub substantial impact on the work that we do just by virtue of being a registered organ donor themselves and hearing inspired stories and wanting to make an impact. So your impact is boundless. You could do whatever you want in this cause, regardless of whether you are um, personally impacted by this, you know, even though the three of us on this call are, and that's the reason as to why we are passionate, you really don't have to. Um, so I really want to emphasize that. And if you're interested, reach out to your local OPO, um, organ procurement organization, um, and just try to get involved and volunteer. Everybody's so welcoming and so kind. And that would be the best way to really combat the issue of the super long um, national organ wait list that we are now in a shortage of. So it's so important to get as many people involved and you do not have to have a personal touch to it at all. I know that. That would from, be my message. No, yeah. What is, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be really interested to see what, what Robin's, follow up to that is. Robin, what would your message to the world be? I know, be? she nailed it right on the head. <laughs> oh, it doesn't take a lot to get involved. Um, even having conversations um, with your loved ones or family members, friends, anybody um, about your wishes and just, you know, how big of an impact organ donation can make just, you know, talking about it to other people. Word of mouth is so powerful. Um, you can do so much and just with, you know, communication and, um, just making a difference in the world. Um, I agree with her. Definitely reach out to your local organ procurement organization if you'd like to get involved. Um, but you can make a difference, you know, just from being in your community. Um, so if you want to make a difference, absolutely just have that conversation with people. And, totally. and if someone does want to make a difference and get involved with SOTA or follow what all y'all are doing, what all platforms can they follow and, and take a look at i know that y'all's website 
uh, I believe y'all have the website and some social media platforms as well. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. That? Um, people can go to www.sodanational.org. That's our website. Um, we have tons of resources on there for, uh, you know, events and uh, different things organ donation related. So definitely check out our website. Um, at, we are also on Instagram. Um, if people want to go to Instagram, we are at Soda National. Um, no spaces or anything. Um, and definitely check out our Instagram page. We have all of our chapters on there um, and our OPOs. So if you want to learn more, definitely go to those two places. Well, I know I, I spend a lot of time um, on your know, social media, probably sometimes during class, other times not. Um, but I think it's really cool the, the work that y'all are doing. And I appreciate y'all working with me and the recording nightmares that some of that has created and i apologize in advance for that um but thank you both so much for coming on it really means a lot to be able to hear kind of a little bit of y'all's personal stories and connections and really hearing what you all are doing in your own communities to really make an impact inspire and make a difference in the area of organ tissue donation and transplant so thank you both so much for joining us y'all this is this is a wrap um, again, if you have heard something during this interview that has been interesting to you and you want to find out more about Soda National, you can check out their social media platforms as well as their website, as Robin had mentioned. And again, a special thank you to Robin and Morgan for hopping on here and providing me the opportunity to interview them. This has been a real, this has been a real treat. Um, so y'all with that, that is our interview, except for this, I would challenge all of you to go out and do something today you would not normally do to make an impact, whether that's making an impact in your family, making an impact in your community, or making an impact in your world. Until the next episode, y'all be blessed. Thanks.